Welcome to our podcast from St Michael's Lillishaw and St John's Muxton, two churches northeast of Telford in Shropshire. My name is Matthew, I'm the vicar, and it's my privilege and pleasure to welcome you, wherever you are, to this short time of readings, prayers, and a talk. We're in the middle of a series of talks on the gifts of the Holy Spirit, and this week we'll be looking at the gift of the message of knowledge. Our prayer in these times is always that we would be able to connect with God and his will for us and that we would sense his presence. So a prayer for this week. Merciful God, your son came to save us and bore our sins on the cross. May we trust in your mercy and know your love, rejoicing in the righteousness that is ours through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. One of the things that the Holy Spirit does is renew our love for our Lord Jesus. And so during this series, as we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're praying that that would happen. It's often the case, though, that when we look back, we see how our love for Jesus and our willingness to do what he asks us to do has gone cold. And so we're going to spend a moment or two in saying that we're sorry Because as we do so, in sincerity, we know that God will forgive us. So please do say these words after me. Come, let us return to the Lord and say, Lord our God, in our sin we have avoided your call. Our love for you is like a morning cloud, like the dew that goes away early. Have mercy on us. Deliver us from judgment. Bind up our wounds and revive us. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now hear these words of forgiveness pronounced over us. The Lord enrich us with his grace and nourish us with his blessing. The Lord defend us in trouble and keep us from all evil. The Lord accept our prayers and absolve us from all our offences. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Saviour. Amen. So as I said, we're continuing our series on spiritual gifts. Last week we looked at the special wisdom we need to know how to deal with particular situations and how God can give that to us by his Spirit. This week we're looking at the second gift on Paul's lists in 1 Corinthians 12, the gift or manifestation of the message of knowledge. When we think about knowledge as opposed to wisdom, we think of information, facts. Some in our congregation like quizzes and are good at them. We can become better at quizzes the more knowledge we have. However, the message of knowledge to which Paul is referring to here is not this, but is about specifically revealed facts that the person who receives them could not have known otherwise. Knowledge like this will never be revealed simply for its own sake. I don't know what car he drives, but say for example I said that I had a word of knowledge that Andrew Hambler, the church warden at St John's, drives a blue Skoda. Unless there was a specific reason for this to be revealed to me, this would not be a genuine word of knowledge. So what is the purpose behind words of knowledge? Paul reminds us in the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verses 14 to 19, 
that the highest form of knowledge is the knowledge of the love of Jesus. He encourages us to know this love that surpasses all knowledge. Knowledge of the gospel, which is the love of God revealed in Jesus, is the greatest of all knowledge, and it is revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So any message of knowledge or word of knowledge that the Holy Spirit reveals to us will point to the gospel, to the love of God revealed in Jesus. It will encourage the one who has received it and those about whom it is given to greater faith in him. This is a primary test to see if a word of knowledge is genuine. Let's look at an episode in the life of Jesus where he speaks a word of knowledge to someone which leads that person into a relationship with Jesus. John chapter 1 verses 43 to 51. The next day Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. When Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said of him, Here is a true Israelite, in whom there is nothing false. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You shall see greater things than that. He then added, I tell you the truth, you shall see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Nathaniel is not convinced about Jesus. Nazareth, can anything good come from there, he says. It's a bit like someone from Shrewsbury saying, can anything good come from Telford? Nathaniel is ready to be unimpressed by Jesus. But Jesus receives a word of knowledge about Nathaniel and speaks it out to him. Here is a true Israelite in whom there is nothing false. Nathaniel is floored by this. How do you know me? It's as if he's saying, how can you know this about me? We've never met. This is often the way a word of knowledge works. The person who receives it must have received it from the Holy Spirit because they couldn't know it any other way. It has a powerful effect on the person to whom it is spoken, who, unless they're familiar with receiving words of knowledge, will think, how on earth do they know that? Jesus goes on to say, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Some commentators suggest that Jesus had already seen Nathanael from a distance. To me, it's most likely that Jesus had a picture of this scene when he was praying, but had not seen Nathanael from a distance because the effect on Nathanael was immediate. Rabbi, you are the son of God, you are the king of Israel. Such a response would not have happened if Nathanael had caught sight of Jesus peering at him from a distance while he was under a fig tree. But we see that the message of knowledge revealed to Jesus by the Holy Spirit brought Nathanael to faith in Jesus as the son of God. Let's look at another incident where a message of knowledge seems, at first sight, to be very negative. But it works to the same end. The prophet Elisha has just healed the Syrian army commander 
Naaman, of leprosy, and is on his way home. Naaman had offered Elisha a gift in response, and Elisha had refused it. Gehazi, who was Elisha's servant, had other ideas. 2 Kings, chapter 5, verses 21 to 27. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? he asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. Then he went in and stood before his master, Elisha. Where have you been, Gehazi? Elisha asked. Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes, olive groves, vineyards, flocks, herds or men servants and maidservants? Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence and he was leprous as white as snow. This is the word of the Lord. Elisha's servant Gehazi saw the healing of Naaman as an opportunity for personal gain rather than rejoicing in the power of God being demonstrated to a Gentile. Elisha was not present when Gehazi went back to take the money and clothes from Naaman. However, a word of knowledge which Elisha had meant that he knew what Gehazi had done. When Elisha said, Was not my spirit with you? Elisha was saying, Do you not realise that you are my servant, and so what you did was in my name? I refused the money. What you have done has made me look as if I'd gone back on my word. And as a result, to see the seriousness of what he'd done, Gehazi is afflicted with the leprosy that Naaman had. So how does this word of knowledge build up the faith of God's people? Well, it has a particular effect on Gehazi because it forces him to confront the sin and wrong focus in his life. The leprosy that he suffered from would be a constant reminder to him and his family of the seriousness of sin and the way he had not taken Elisha's oath to Naaman seriously. So words of knowledge can do this also. They can force us to confront sin for the benefit of ourselves and the whole body. Remember the incident of Ananias and Sapphira. The Holy Spirit revealed to Peter that they had tried to deceive God and the apostles. The Spirit was demonstrating to the whole body of believers the importance of honesty and reliance on God. It may seem that words of knowledge can be very different in character, but it is the same Holy Spirit, at one time, as with Nathaniel, encouraging faith and trust by seeing the potential, at another time encouraging faith and trust by confronting sin. Notice how these words of knowledge are given about someone else. God may give us a word of knowledge for a specific person or group of people. And this involves us taking a step of faith and speaking it out, and those people receiving it. 
A word of knowledge may come to us as a picture, a specific sense or words. Often in our healing services, when we pray and ask for the Holy Spirit to come, somebody in the prayer team may get a specific word which they think is for somebody who will be at the healing service. At the time the word is given, they do not always know who it's for. So the leader may say something like, there may be someone here who has dot dot dot, and if that's you, we'd like to pray with you. However, sometimes we can also focus on particular people, pray and ask the Holy Spirit to, to reveal to us something for them. In this case, it then takes courage to say, I've had this word from God and I may be wrong, but I think it might be for you. Now here is where we must be so careful. We must never, under the guise of speaking out a word of knowledge, use the opportunity to tell that person what we think we want God to say to them. If we do this, we're stepping on extremely dangerous territory, the territory of spiritual abuse. It's so harmful and it causes damage to individuals and to the whole church. And because it potentially causes so much damage, many churches sadly are reluctant to embark on the adventure of exploring the gifts of the Holy Spirit because they do not want to entertain the possibility of things going wrong like this. That's why, as we discovered last week, Paul focuses on how important love is in the exercising of spiritual gifts. So there may be an attraction in playing it safe and not exploring the spiritual gifts. But does that mean that we miss out on the fullness of what God wants to do in the life of our churches? As I said at the beginning of the series, as far as the gifts of the Spirit are concerned, we need to exercise them and use them for the whole church in love. Take a parallel. We don't open birthday and Christmas presents, look at them, research them, talk about them and admire them. We use them. And the same is true with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They're given to us not to talk about and to say we know about them, but to use. And we are to exercise them in faith. We won't get anywhere if we don't have faith. You remember from last week's sermon how we can think of faith when it comes to the gifts of the Spirit as being spelt T-R-Y. Try. Are you open to the Holy Spirit giving you words of knowledge for others? Why not pray and ask for some? And then exercise the gift in love. And if you think you have been given a word of knowledge, test it out with someone you trust and who is an experienced Christian. We're going to spend a moment in quiet, thinking about what's been said and what God wants to say to us, and giving thanks to him for the resources of heaven which is made available to us through the Holy Spirit. And perhaps today you may want to say, Lord, I'm open to whatever gift you wish to give me. Help me to have the faith to use it in your love. Amen.
going to hand over now to Jean Millwood, who will lead us in our prayers. Dear Lord, we thank you for your church. We ask that you will guide everyone making decisions to enable us all to worship safely at this time, thinking especially of all those in our diocese and our two parishes. Be with them all, Lord, giving them wisdom and strength to complete this task. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Father, as we look out into the world, we see much that saddens us. People suffering in so many ways, this global pandemic compounding their plight. We pray that you will send help to all who need it. We pray for peace throughout the world. Help those in positions of responsibility find solutions to halt riots, knife crimes, wars, conflict. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We thank you, Lord, for our communities, for all those unseen acts of kindness. We pray for the schools. Lord, many are worried for the safety of all those within the schools. Calm their fears so the young people may adapt to this new way of gaining their education. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Lord, we pray for all who are physically or mentally unwell. We ask for your loving comfort for all, guidance to lead them to where help and understanding can be found. We give thanks for all those who work at home, in care homes, in hospitals, who strive to make life more livable for others. Pour your renewing spirit into them, enabling them to continue in your work. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Thank you, Lord, that you remain constant with us throughout the changing seasons of our lives. Help us to trust you in times of joy and in times of sorrow. We remember with love and thanks those no longer with us who shaped our lives. And we pray for comfort for all those who mourn the loss of a loved one. Give them your peace, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Please do join with me in saying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. You may be aware that new regulations come into force about gatherings in our nation as of Monday, the 14th of September. At the time this podcast was put together, we've been assured that this does not affect our gathering in church. So we're still able to gather in St Michael's and in St John's with limited numbers and with special measures in place to make sure that our meetings are safe. If you'd like to attend either of these, 9.30 on Sundays at St Michael's or 11 at St John's where we watch the Zoom service that takes place online and some of the Zoom service happens in the church, then please do contact Francis Taylor for St Michael's 
or the church office if you wish to come to St John's. And please would you do that by the Friday preceding the Sunday so that we know how many to expect and we can be ready to welcome you. Can I say thank you to Janet for doing the readings, to Jean for doing the prayers, to you for listening to this podcast. Thank you too to Jeff Holloway, Simon Hartridge and Dan West to make sure that the podcasts are uploaded onto the websites. And also to all of you who are continuing to support the work of the church financially through lockdown. Your contributions are very much appreciated. We're going to finish this time together with a prayer of blessing. Christ, the Son of God, perfect in us the image of his glory and gladden our hearts with the good news of his kingdom. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be among us and remain with us and with those we love, now and always. Amen. Amen.